Um, and our first speaker uh, uh, over from the States uh, uh, is uh, Yan Zhu, who works at uh, Brave, which is a company that, that builds a browser which is very much optimized for performance and for security. Um, and uh, Yan is really prolific, uh, member of the Electronic Found uh, Freedom Foundation, um, works on SecureDrop, Let's Encrypt, bringing uh, you know, uh, uh, digital certificates to the masses, uh, former member of the W3C tag, just a, someone who's very, very busy and prolific. So, uh, so here today to talk about uh, uh, towards faster, safer websites, please welcome Yan Zhu, everyone. Thank you. Um, so I have to unlock like four different things before my presentation starts, so hopefully Less than half of this presentation will be me typing in various passwords. Oh, sorry about that. Oh. I have to type in. Okay, great. Now we can finally start, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> all right, so my presentation's called How to Make Websites Slow and Unsafe. Not really. Um, it's April Fool's. Happy April Fool's, everyone. Yeah, do they have that in the Netherlands? Probably had it before the US, actually. So is, is the web fast yet? Who thinks it's fast? Who doesn't? Okay, well, that's kind of an open question and that's not actually one I'm going to address in this talk. But let's, let's actually just look at some data about how fast the web is. Um, this again is from HTTP archive, which Estelle pointed out earlier. Um, so from 2014 to 2016, you see that the size of requests has gone up pretty steadily, especially CSS. Like people are using bigger and bigger CSS files. Um, the number of TCP connections per site has actually remained around the same. Sites with Flash have gone down, which is great from a security perspective. And sites with HTTPS has gone up from 9% to 27%. That's a factor of three. Um, so we should be very happy about that. So is TLS fast yet? That's a really great question because even three years ago, or even one year ago, a lot of people said, well, we can't deploy HTTPS. It's just too slow. We can't do it. The performance isn't good enough. But I think they're wrong by now. Um, as an example, even Netflix now is moving to HTTPS. Um, they just announced this about a year ago. Um, Netflix, um, I don't know if it's that big in the Netherlands, but in the US, it accounts for um, the plurality of internet traffic. So in 2015, you could say you would Netflix and chill. In 2016, you can Netflix over HTTPS and chill. Yeah. Um, just to illustrate how dramatic this will be, um, on the before side, 65% of web traffic in North America at peak hours was unencrypted. This is data from an ISP called uh, Sandvine. And in 2016, um, the red and green parts have switched. So instead of 65% unencrypted, it's about 65% encrypted traffic. And that's solely due to Netflix. One website. <laughs> um, if you need more convincing that TLS is fast now, there's a great site by Ilya Gregoric from Google called istlsfastyet.com. And basically he makes the point that yes, TLS is fast because we have good CPUs, better than we did you know, in, in the early 90s at least. And we have all these features um, that can speed up HTTPS deployments. I'll go into two of those that I think are really interesting. 
So how many people here are familiar with the TLS handshake? Cool, about half the room. So just to reiterate, uh, your client does a synac with the server, and then it says, hello, I would like to start TLS. Server says, okay, I support TLS, here's my cert. Uh, client says, okay, here's the key we're going to use. You know, it's a little more complicated if you use forward secrecy, but the point is there's three round trips that you need before you can even start sending encrypted data. And that three round trips is what people usually think of when they say TLS is expensive or um, CPU intensive. But um, note that if you use session resumption, um, where, which is a feature where the server stores data from the last connection the client made, so it can resume using the keys from the last session, um, then you can actually get this down to two round trips. So um, if you want to learn more about this, just Google session resumption. But most servers will do this by default, and you can say, like, rotate session tickets every five minutes or something. And so that, that actually makes um, these handshakes less expensive. In TLS 1.3, there's actually going to be another um, optimization to get down to uh, zero round trips, although I think the SYNAC might still be there. But anyway, there's, there's ways you can like make, that, um, make there be less round trips. Another TLS optimization uh, is HTTP2. So you might say, wait, how is that TLS, right? This is HTTP2. It's just like HTTP1, the next version of it, <laughs> too. Um, and what is HTTP2 anyway? Well, so HTTP1 was uh, created around 1995, back when sites looked like this. You would have this header, and you would have content. And that'd be great. Like you could you know, be accessible. It was nice. It was fast. Uh, and now sites look kind of more like this. You have an ad, um, another ad, a content somewhere, like a BuzzFeed iframe, another ad, some tracking pixels, um, some flash ads, et cetera. So now sites are not this anymore. They're slow, and they make a lot of requests. So why would we even use the same you know, protocol? It's, it's actually kind of amazing we're still using HTTP 1 in a world where like, websites are so different. And so that's why um, that's part of why HTTP 2 exists. I think of it as like HTTP 1 on Adderall. So it's, uh, it uses binary encoding instead of text um, and header and compression. Um, it has multiple performance improvements, but the one I want to point out is that it makes multiple requests per TCP connection. Um, the next speaker will get more into this. But essentially, instead of ha like making a request and waiting for a response and then making another request, the browser can just make a request and then um, use that same TCP connection and then get the responses back um, in this multiplexed way, which is quite nice. And so this gets rid of weird, um, this largely gets rid of weird hacks that people had to do, like inlining and spriting and concatenating various files so that you can minimize the number of uh, TCP connections. Um, does HTTP2 require encryption? So in the standardization process, this was a huge question. Should HTTP2 be available only over HTTPS? And the answer is no, according to the spec. But in practice, actually, yes because there's two ways you can upgrade to HTTP2. Uh, method one is the client just sends an upgrade header, and the server says, OK, that's cool. Let's do HTTP2. Method two is that the client in the TLS hello um, from the TLS handshake says, I support HTTP2, and then the server upgrades. So method one's great if you want to support clients like curl, <laughs> but the major browsers like Chrome and Firefox, and I think now um, Edge 
has announced that they'll only support method two over HTTPS. So if you want this nice um, multiplexing and like these nice performance improvements, you have to deploy HTTPS. Um, unless you only want to talk to people using curl, which you might. And so that's what it looks like um, in a Wireshark dump. Um, my browser, Brave, connected to Alchemy. And if you look at the, the um, client hello, you see this ALPN next protocol uh, next protocol field, and that says H2. And that's me saying, I support HTTP2. Please upgrade me. But you might say, well, that's great. But HTTPS is really annoying to set up and maintain. And you, you would be pretty correct. At least in 2015, you would have. Because to get a certificate, you have to do this tedious. Um, so this is from DreamHost. And it's this long, like 12-step process. And at the end, there's a red warning bar that says, like, don't accidentally copy and paste your private key into our website, et cetera. And let's say you got through this. Usually, this takes people like an hour or two when they do it for the first time. Um, but say you, you get through that, and you have a certificate. Now you want to set up HTTPS. Um, then you might find that you don't know how to you know, pick the correct encryption algorithms. So RC4 was a popular cipher that people used up until like 2014. But then um, as crypt analytic, crypt analytic attacks against it got better and better, experts um, started saying, don't, actually don't use RC4 anymore. So it, unless you're keeping up to date with these latest like encryption attacks, then you might not realize that this is now a vulnerable algorithm, right? Okay, so but let's say you get past that and now your TLS is correctly configured. You go to your site and you say uh, httpslenovo.com. But then your site's broken because of something called mixed content blocking. Essentially, if you switched your top-level site to HTTPS, but you're including resources from um, HTTP origins, the browser says, no, we don't want that because that's not secure. We're, we're just going to block it, actually. So now your JavaScript's broken, your images aren't loading, and it's a huge mess. So I have good news, which is that um, when I was at W3C, we actually um, wrote a spec to solve this exact problem. It's called uh, Upgrade Insecure Requests. So essentially, if you find yourself in this situation, which many of you might, you can just set, send this HTTP header that says Upgrade Insecure Requests, and modern browsers will treat, uh, will treat the page as if the sub-resources are HTTPS. I actually had to use this a few weeks ago on my WordPress blog, because I updated WordPress, and somehow it like, downgraded all my HTTPS pictures to HTTP. So I was lazy, and instead of like, manually fixing all the HTTP links, I just said upgrade and secure requests, and then voila, Chrome upgraded everything, and my blog works again, which is great. But TLS, you know, inarguably, is still kind of difficult. So at EFF, um, we're the Electronic Frontier Foundation, we said, what if we just started, <laughs> what if we started a certificate authority? Sounds like a good idea, right? Sounds kind of hard, but, hmm. um, but. And what if we used our certificate authority to give everyone free certificates in like five seconds or less? And what if we also gave people packages so that they could automatically deploy TLS in an easier way? And so that's what Let's Encrypt is. Um, how many people here have heard of it? Yeah. Wow, that's almost everyone. So <laughs> good. Let's Encrypt is a new CA. Um, it was created by EFF Mozilla University of Michigan. 
Thank you very much to Cisco and Alchemy for being um, top-level sponsors. We actually did not create like a new root CA. We're, we're currently an intermediate CA that's been signed by a CA named Trust. So thanks to them for the cross-signature. Um, that means essentially browsers already trust Let's Encrypt. Um, we are going to get into the root certificate programs for uh, Mozilla Firefox and Chrome and IE, but that takes about a year. So in the meantime, we're an intermediate CA. And a new nonprofit called the ISRG is managing all of this work. Um, thank you again to our sponsors. <laughs> so our current status is, as of last fall, we're in private beta. Uh, sorry, we, we entered private beta last fall. We're now in public beta. In our first eight hours, we issued about 10,000 certificates. That's one certificate every three seconds. As of yesterday, we had issued about 1.4 million certificates, which makes us, by volume, one of the largest CAs already. And that's our uh, activity graph. Uh, the top line is the number of uh, total issued certificates over time. Um, so, so here's some cool data. What's the most popular TLD that's been using Let's Encrypt? Well, it's actually .com and other, but the biggest country TLD is France. So thank you, France, uh, followed by Germany. And uh, like I said earlier, we have these different clients that are using Let's Encrypt. So who are these clients? Well, there's various types of servers that could be used, that could be using HTTPS. So I call this the um, client li layer cake. Um, I last showed this slide around Halloween, so it's Halloween-themed, but we can pretend it's Easter-themed now. But <laughs> uh, maybe not. Okay, so at the top is people like Yahoo and Google and Facebook. They basically have their own TLS, um, fancy TLS infrastructure. You know, some of them have their own like server software that no one else uses in the open source world. There, uh, right below that is uh, sites that run multi multiple servers that are load balanced, like a lot of startups do that and a lot of smaller companies. And then there's people like me who use um, DigitalOcean and AWS, but basically we have a single server that's, um, that's self-hosted or managed hosted. And then there, at the bottom layer, there's this large number of people who are just using like DreamHost or WordPress where they don't have a terminal. They just like have a web interface that they go on and then do stuff. So we want to eventually cover like at least the bottom three layers, but right now Let's Encrypt is mostly good for the middle two. Um, the bottom one will require like partnering with DreamHost and WordPress, et cetera. Um, so here's a nice pie chart of some of our clients. Um, I won't get into it very much, except to note that the majority is using our default client, which we ship as a Let's Encrypt package, and it's written in Python. Um, this one's kind of harder to read, but it's, it's the client um, operating systems. Uh, one thing to note is that while a lot of people are using like the latest Debian and Ubuntu, there's people using like Debian 7 and like Ubuntu 12 and stuff. And like those, like there, there's like a long tail of old operating systems and people who will never update. So it's an open question of how, like, how to keep those people secure without like holding back the entire internet. Um, so if anyone's interested in building their own Let's Encrypt client, so this is just a quick picture of how it works. Um, so basically the client has to contact the Let's Encrypt CA and say, 
um, I want to prove to you that this, this, uh, this domain is authentic, so you can issue a certificate to it. So there's various types of challenges that the client can do to prove ownership of the domain. So uh, get challenges, perform challenges, and then clean up challenges. That's authentication. Uh, man, this is hard to read. <laughs> I'm not going to go into detail, but um, once, the, once the client proves ownership of the domain and gets a certificate, it has to do a lot of work to deploy the certificate and like automatically configure the server to use HTTPS. So uh, this is the interface where it um, gets the cert, installs it, and uh, does things. It has like features where if, if this somehow messes up your server configuration, so your site no longer works, you can say revert and roll back, etc. But anyway, so the result of all this is that to set up SSL with Let's Encrypt, you just get clone Let's Encrypt or download it from your package manager if it supports it. And then you run Let's Encrypt Auto to install. And then to install TLS on Apache, all you have to do is say Let's Encrypt Apache. And it'll show you an, like a curses interface where you can pick the domains you want. You can also specify command line flags to say set up SSL for these domains if you, if you know which domains you want um, SSL for. And renewal and revoke will be just as easy. You can just say Let's Encrypt Renew, Let's Encrypt Revoke. The Python client does all of that work. So that's, that's it. Make the internet great again. Uh, you can help out at, on GitHub, Let's Encrypt. Um, Let's Encrypt.org is the site. Hopefully that was under 20 minutes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah.